0: Uh, bottom line bombs on the sports given podcast network is brought to you by edge boost edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest go to sportsgivenpodcast.com backslash edge to get started today we're also brought to you by bird dog shorts the world's greatest shorts are hooking up with you with a free yeti style tumbler when you order over at BirdDogs.com backslash pool that's bird backslash pool and now for theme music welcome to the bottom line bombs i am your host cj sullivan the man, man, the man in, the box. in the box coming to you live on wednesday uh wednesday june 14th i want to say i want to say that because it's correct noon pacific a couple minutes a little later on um Come on into the show. Let me retweet uh, myself from from the main page just to get some people to come in here for the live show. So I know a lot of people listen to this live on the, uh, I mean, on the podcast later on. But there's a few people join live on the YouTube, which I welcome everyone to do so. I'm going to quote tweet. That's what I'm going to do. Look at that. So they can come in with the comments because the Twitter feed video it's not the best, you know, or maybe you don't know. I don't. I know, because I'm a man. I'm a viral man. (laughs) Come in now to the comments. That's how me, viral man, I am. I'm not a viral man. Anyway, sorry for the slow start. I always do this, because like I said, I'm the man in the box. I am uh, by myself in here. They just lock me in here and say, have at it. But welcome to today's show. We will have it's a U.S. Open show. U.S. Open, it's in Saudi Wood. The U.S. Open is in Saudi Wood. Um, it's this weekend here in Los Angeles, Saudi Arabia. Is coming on in the OIV merger. Uh, <laughs> I gotta, now I gotta turn this thing off because I'm looking at me. You ever watch a video of you doing a video? Not fun. Not fun to look at. Anyway. Um, we'll recap the championship game into bombs from the last show as well. Uh, we'll have a man in a box at the end with um, not sure what I want to get into the minute of the box. Well, you'll, you'll see what we get into. Uh, but first let's talk about, let's recap real quick. We got to hurry up because I have so much to talk about the U S open. I had a lot of bombs to give out somewhere between nine and 11 bombs. I'm going to give out. <laughs> That's just a bomb. Anyway. Uh, Last night, the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. They smoked out uh the Florida Panthers. Nine to three. Twelve goals scored. How about that Florida coach, poor uh, Maurice? Well, Maurice, uh, leaving uh, the goalie Bob Rosky in there for all nine goals—that was, that was a jerk. That was a jerk move on his part, if you ask me. But you know, <laughs> I mean, come on, asshole! You pull the goalie for every game, but eh, you 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 take it. You ex- take this all in, wear it, as they say, for your shenanigans on the bus because he has personality problems. But uh, Vegas won. Uh, we went, let's see, what do we do with our bombs? We did not do great last night's bombs. We went one and three. We hit the one prop there. We hit the Sam Bennett over. He, he had like six, seven shots. That one cleared easy. We missed Barkov. He only had one shot. And then we lost. <laughs> then we, we played two overs in a game that had 12 goals in it. And somehow we lost it. We had Florida Panthers over half a goal. First period. They got nothing. And we had first, and we had uh, the Panthers to score a goal in the first ten minutes in the game. I mean, with the first ten minutes, that didn't happen somehow. And they had a breakaway two minutes into the game. that would have changed everything. That would that would have done everything. But anyway, how, how do you miss these overs and shots when there's twelve fucking goals in there? But I'm, cur- I'm, cur- I'm cursing out early. It's supposed to be a celebration. Congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> We did bank. Oh, we got to, uh, I need a cash register sound or something for this one. Well, cause we had a nice bank with the con Smythe MVP. The con Smythe is the MVP. Like we said, and hockey, all the awards, you don't know what they are. They're, uh, they're named after <laughs> viceroy's and prime ministers. And yes, sir, we had Jordan March to win it at nine to one. We gave out before the series and he pillared a post. So that was a, that was a big, that was a big bank for us here at the bottom line bombs. Um, he was off at minus 500 before the game last night. He was even money after two games. He went from nine to one to even money after two games and we shipped it at nine to one. I wanted to also give, I gave him out also as the top goal scorer of the Stanley cup. And I want I, tried to place that on bet online, they never wouldn't let me do it. They would always be like, ah, oh, that market's not available right now, come back later. Check with us later. Anytime I say, check with us later, they're pulling shenanigans and they knew, they knew that I knew something. And uh turns out I'm glad they shut me out because last night would have been a bad beat of all bad beats. And I'm sorry if you did have Marges for top goal scorer. He had four goals going into it way above everyone else, except for Alex Stone with two goals. Alex Stone only had a fucking hat trick last night and Marshall got shut out. So he, he loses that five to four, but we'll take that MVP at nine to one. No problem. But and now the long suffering Vegas fans, <laughs> not about them. I'm just looking at all these things. The Long suffering Vegas fans get to win and celebrate oh in Las Vegas. Vegas. I'm just gonna hit sound bites. Uh that's what that's the big joke everyone has. Like, oh, these long suffering Vegas fans. What we only accept championships for towns if they've suffered. We need fans to suffer for us to find like, okay, fine, you deserve it. You deserve it. Like Denver Nugget fans, fine. You deserve it. Nuggets haven't won one. You've lost before. Like Vegas, you haven't lost before yet. This is your sixth year, and in your first year, you made it to the goddamn cup because the commissioner changed all the rules for you. These fans are so new to the game that they didn't even know you're supposed to boo the commissioner when he comes out, If you even if you do like him, which you probably should like him since he's the one who gifted you this, this cup by changing the rules. But it doesn't matter. He comes out, you boom, you mother F him. That's how that's the rest the tradition in hockey. You dumb Vegas fans don't even know that. You haven't suffered. Although, if you live in Las Vegas, uh, that's suffering enough. The traffic alone is suffering. <laughs> but I just love that uh theory that like, no, they don't deserve it. They haven't gone through pain. You gotta go through my pain in order to f- There's a lot of talk, too, where people think uh, people didn't think hockey was going to work in Las Vegas, which I thought, why not? It's the perfect sport for fucking Vegas. Like, well, people come there. They have their own hometown teams. Yeah, they have their hometown teams for other sports, not hockey. Nobody knows hockey. They're all learning hockey on the fly like the rest of us. I always say that. And there's like two American cities that that's actually hockey towns, and nobody lives in them. They're 100 miles north of St. Paul. These hot cities, warm cities, they don't know hockey, but it's fun to fun to learn as you go. And Florida fans, don't worry. You could that's the best thing about hockey. Once your team loses, it's a fun ride. And once your team loses, once it was 6 to 2 last night, psh, turn it off. Who gives a shit? You clap your hands you like a blackjack dealer like you're changing tables. That I, no emotional attachment whatsoever. Like, whew, what was I thinking? Get back to Dolphins Minicamp. How's Tua doing? Because uh that was embarrassing what I was just doing. Let alone the Miami Heat. Then I was watching these guys. Jesus, I was I was saying mucking and grinding. I know what a I was saying biscuit in the basket. Who the fuck am I? What do I what? I grow up in uh Thunder Bay? I'm from Jacksonville for crying out loud. I always say, it. when you when you get on when you get on a hockey run, your team goes in the playoffs. It's great. It's like an affair. And then as soon as they lose, you're like, oh god! Immediate regret. What did I do? I need, I got a family. I got to get home to. Called football. So you throw some money on hockey's counter and you say, hey, be cool about this hockey. Don't you be telling about. Don't you be telling the Dolphins that I was doing all this. Good Lord, what was I doing last night? Anyway. (laughs) So congratulations to the Las Vegas Golden Knights and their long-suffering fans. They're going to fuck it. That's going to be a fun party. I mean, my God. I love the Stanley cup presentation too. The, the, the greatest trophy in sports. They bring it, they give it the white glove treatment. Like they bring out the, the cup is in the building and they have these guys in tuxedos and white gloves. Like they're bringing out this, like, you know, this fucking mummy, this music, five piece of art and they bring it out. And then, uh, 20 minutes later, it's going to be at their fucking spearmint Rhino. Two strippers are going to be doing a cream pie in the middle of a cup. I mean, the shit that cup is going to go through is what I'm trying to say. It's going to be up and down that strip in disgusting places. And they're giving it the white glove treatment. I love it. That's Aiden Hill last night. That's a cocaine paranoia, anyway. All right. Well, okay. So let me t- let me take a quick break. It's a quick ad read. It's not a quick break. And then uh, I'll talk about the NBA. I'll talk about the NBA championship real quick, and then I'll get into the U.S. There are plenty of U.S. Open set bombs in Saudi Wood. But first, let me tell you about Edge Boost. This episode is supported by Edge Boost, the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. That means if you deposit into a bankroll in sports book. You use Edge boost, they'll double it up to 2,500 dollars and you pay them later. And imagine what you can do with that. you can bet on futures. you can bet on you know you can bet on next year's cup, making the Florida Panthers this time if you want whatever that, that it won't tie up your bankroll. You can even use it to hedge if you're one of those cowards. Now Edgeboost is not some sleazy loan shark. they charge zero interest. Think of them as a edge uh, carp, I like to say. You know, just a fish that's swimming around, minding its own business. There for you if you need them. I think, think that's what carp do. I don't know for sure. I'm not a fish guy. I don't even like the band fish. What's it, what do they call that row? Fish row? Whatever. Fish row. <laughs> fish row! Radio row of fish! No, it's like a drug row. Like a, for whatever the hell it's called. Anyway, the L.A. concert. and uh, It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, <laughs> support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamingpodcast.com backslash edge to sign up at sportsgamingpodcast.com backslash edge. Must be 21 years old if to use Problem Gambling. Call 1-800-GAMBLER! There's, uh, there's Fish, the band, and Grateful Dead fans. Did they, did they clash at all? I always wondered that. Because obviously they're very similar to hippie, f- travel the road, traveling, and fucking fan base. But, uh... Do they not like each other? I can see them not liking each other. Kind of like how USFL and XFL fans don't like each other for some God knows reason. Like, you guys are the same, looked down upon pieces of trash. Get along. There's room for both of you. Woo! It's smoking my weed! Speaking of which, smoking your weed is right as the NBA championship happened in Colorado! <laughs> I'm doing that voice too much, I think. I mean, it's, it's just coffee. I, I apologize for that voice. That voice is too much. I, I, I just heard my voice do that. I'm like, what am I doing? Colorado! That's fun to do. Uh, Denver, specifically. And at least to say Denver, uh, you know, Colorado, that's the big, big, thing. Weed. Ah, Denver and their weed. And now everyone has weed, so it's really not a big thing. You go there, Denver, actually their thing is just drugs. And weed just happens to be a part of it. I was just there. They're like offering after the shows, they're like offering, do you want some uh, mushrooms and coke? Like, what? what? kind of combination is that? Ah, you know, you listen to your heartbeat, and then it melts, and you watch it heart trace. It's fun. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, <laughs> that uh that game we chopped our props. We had uh we had the over, which did not come close. i only lost by 30. But I was right not to take the Nuggets minus the eight and a half. They played awful, but Miami just played worse. They, they're both. It's a pretty bad game, to be honest with you. Um, But we hit the over. We hit Kyle Lowry over. We hit uh, Gordon's over. Or not Gordon. Porter's over. That's what we hit. Porter. Porter. Lowry. We missed Vincent. And we missed the over the game. So we chopped that two and two. Um. But that wasn't the story. The story is Denver win. Yeah, you knew Denver was going to win. And Jokic wins the MVP. Obvious. He was the best. He still is the best. Uh, he's been the story ever since. He's been hilarious. He uh, hates basketball, apparently. he hates, uh, death. He, hates <laughs> he hates America. He hates you, quite frankly. That's what it is. He hates me, and he hates you. He won the title. Like, what are you going to do now? He's like, I'm going to go home. The job's over with. Time to go home. All right, but you're hanging around for the parade, aren't you? What? When's the parade? Friday, Thursday. Fuck. All right, then I'll go home Friday to my horses. That's all I want to do. Let's <laughs> go to my horses. <laughs> Here's the thing with Denver: the whole season or the whole playoffs, they complained. The players complained. The coach, especially, complained. How nobody talks about them. We're we're exciting. Come on. We win. We win. And you guys talk about the Lakers beating us. You talk about the Lakers losing. Why don't you talk about us winning? And then Chris Mannix said, they're they're just not exciting to talk about. And then everyone got furious at that, which obviously uh, he's he's, he's half right. One, that just means you can say, well, that just means you're a bad writer. He's not a bad writer. But it's just not what people want to hear. People don't want to hear the breakdown of why they're good on the court. They're not going to read that shit. No one reads that shit. They want drama. The NBA is all about fucking drama and memes and black Twitter. Black Twitter runs the league. And they're hilarious. And they drag you. It's a big roast. The NBA is just one giant roast. Jimmy Butler is getting roasted now. He was a god up until a couple days ago. (laughs) And And that's all it is. It's one big roast battle. Until there's one winner who can't get roasted. Even Jokic, who wins, is getting roasted for not being excited. But then Butler, they're making memes like Michael Jordan, can't believe you have said he was my son. Fuck off, you piece of shit. And like, you know, pictures of him not helping Bam out. That's why I say Bradley Beal is the ideal NBA player. What you want to do <laughs> is be great get a lot of money like Beal does and just never make the playoffs. So no one can watch you fail on a national stage. Cause as soon as you fail on a national stage, like Butler did in the fourth quarter of that game, but he gave away the, uh, that pass and everything. And that awful three you put up there. Now he just gets roasted and they gifted him those three free throws. That was, Oh my Lord. That was that was my only disappointment of Miami not winning that game. I mean, I wanted obviously I wanted the series to keep going, but that would have been incredible if Miami won that game because of that horrible, horrible review over not overturned foul call. Butler shot at three. And they called a foul. They showed a replay. He didn't there was no foul. He just kicked Gordon into balls. It was an on the ball foul, if you will. <laughs> he kicked him for he kicks him into balls and they called they called a foul on Gordon's balls. The testicles is a hand the testicles is part of the ball, part of the hand, I guess. A part of the foot, which is part of the hip, part of the ball. I mean, it was insane. So he's gifted him three free throws. Actually, you know, Miami has the lead with two minutes to go. If Miami would have won that, that would have been the single thing that's all anyone would have talked about. I mean, listen. Is the NBA fixed? Yes, um, <laughs> in ways that we that people think. No, it's not. It's not fixed ultimately. But when it can be, like there, when they can go on the phone, go to New York. Hey, what do I do now? You give Butler three free throws. What you do? What, what do I tell him? Who cares? Make it up. Say he nipped his face, but he didn't. It doesn't matter. We'll go. We'll we'll go right through this. Parts like that, like, yes, that's fixed. And they wanted for TV. They wanted to keep, they wanted to make it. I'm not saying they wanted Miami to win, but they wanted that game to get be tighter I and mean, be dramatic because if they didn't turn it around, the game was over right there. I mean, that was just no, there was just, there's just no, there's literally no other explanation of why they called those three free throws. They didn't overturn a foul where Jimmy Butler kicks a guy in the balls and they call the foul on the guy's balls fucking amazing. Anyway, back to Denver. <laughs> I can play this all the time. Oh, and welcome. If you are into YouTube, I, I comment in there, by the way. Um, so anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Denver saying they're, d- they're not dull, and People are saying they're dull. And then they proved it because when they went, because then Denver went, all right, fine, Denver. We'll talk about you. Denver wins a championship. And then this is what they do. They proved to be the dullest team ever. Jokic wanted to be anywhere but there winning a title. Growing up at a Serbian plant. Well, the job's done. Time to go home. Going home Friday. They tried to show him. He's that champagne. He's barely shaking it. That was fun. And then... Uh, <laughs> Here, look at him and Jamal Murray jumping in the pool together in the trainer's pool. It was like an eighth grade graduation party. They're fucking dorks. I mean, you know, dorks in a multi million dollar world class athlete champions have sex with the most beautiful women in the world kind of way. That, that kind of way of a dork. But, you know, I'm the man in the box, so I can say that. I can say that. I relate, you know what, I relate to Jokic. When Jokic is, when Jokic hates his job, and that's what he said afterwards, everyone hates their job, right? If they don't, they're lying. All right, Jokic, but uh, you're not supposed to hate your job. Even if you do, lie. Lie to us. Because we really hate our jobs. And we look, (laughs) and we are adult children looking up to you, even though you're 20 years younger than us. Just lie to us. And say you like this, and I get it. He was born seven two, or whatever. He's a monster. He's just bigger than everyone, and he has no ch- he has no choice. I have to do- I have to play basketball. I'm great at it, and I was born this way. That's like me. I'm the man. I mean, you know, you think I want to do this either? Jokic, be the man in the box in here, giving these incredible takes with commentary, picks with bits for tobacco use only. No. I don't want to do this. I hate this. But I was born to do it. God blessed me, the man in the box, (laughs) to give (laughs) to give this incredible commentary twice a week. That's what he did. That's what he that's this is my vocation, my calling, Jokic. I get it. Listen, we we hate it, but we can't tell the dumb public that, Jokic. All right. Let me give you a little tip, Jokic. The public's beneath us. They are not nearly as talented as we are, me and you, the man in the box, and uh, and should have been three-time MVP of the NBA. Uh, But these people look up on us, Jokic, okay? You can't just say, hey, I want to go FaceTime with my horses back in Serbia. You gotta give, you gotta, you gotta, you know, give him, throw him a bone. So now we're gonna coach you up for the parade on Thursday. That, that's you, there really is a PR team coaching him up to be have fun on the parade on Thursday. That's <laughs> Jesus Christ! You gotta love him. You gotta love uh, Nikola Jokic. So anyway, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets for winning the NBA. Team. They're a worthy champion. Not only are they a great team. their fan base, a little annoying, but they've suffered. So that's all that matters. Unlike Vegas, who didn't suffer. Um, I tell you what we don't have to suffer with anymore. And that's Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. <laughs> that was their uh That was her thing. Their thing. Skip Shannon Sharp. That was a story. Shannon Sharp, uh quit the show the day after the NBA finals. And he gave a speech. He gave a fucking speech. I, usually don't, I don't like to get into too much about other sports radio, but this is all people talk about on Twitter. And uh, Shannon Sharp, there's a lot of, you know, speculation. They, they do a debate. If you don't know, Shannon Sharp, they do a debate show just like Stephen A. Smith. As a matter of fact, Skip Bayless is the he's created all this pretty much, you know, him and, he was the mentor to Stephen A. Smith, all this. Which I like, I never get why Stephen A. gets a pass and Skip Bayless doesn't. I mean, I get it. Everyone hates Skip Bayless, and for good reason. He's terrible. But for the shit Stephen A. is terrible at, too. But they say, ah, it's performance art. But it's the same thing fucking Skip does. Anyway. Skip went to bat for these guys. These guys debate, and they do these this annoying debate shows where like they yell opinions about every sh- I get it. You know? And that's what the sports culture is now. It's all fucking, it's all TV is, or sports TV is now. Opinions that they don't care about, they don't believe in. You know, you, they could switch the opinion mid-debate. Mid it wouldn't matter. But what I love about it is, and how serious this world is, is because they fucking all listen to this Twitter. So anyway, Shane Sharp quits, and he cried, basically. Thanking him for this journey. This, this quote, this is amazing. I got I to play a little bit of this. Let me see what I can do here. And last but not least, Skip Bayless. Mm. Mm. You fought for me, brother. <laughs> skip Skip. listening. Mm. Yeah, testify, brother. Skip Bayless is the corniest fucking white dude. He just jock. I mean, talk about jocks. Jock sniffer. But at the same time, he's the one who famously uh, just called Troy Aikman gay in his book. Flat out called him gay. Aikman still hates him. Anyway, here we go. Did I? I'm here because of you. You've allowed me to share the stage with you. You've allowed me to share the platform. The platform is a morning time sports debate show on Fox Sports 1. I'm going to cry in the car, but I'm not going to cry now. The opportunity that you gave me to become what I became, I'm forever indebted to you. I'll never forget what you did for me. You've helped me grow. More than you ever know. <laughs> Skip Bayless exhaling. <sighs> and he's taking it like a boxer in the corner. you oh. will <sighs> help me like you never never know. Did say LeBron James is terrible. <sighs> okay, this is not easy for me either. One more time, one one more time to, before yeah. you go, Skip. Okay. One more. <laughs> he's still interrupting him. That's part of the reason why he left, because he interrupts. And I get why. I mean, I don't know how they did for seven years ago. I mean, I do. You get paid to lie. That's what people understand. This is all a fucking lie. None of these people hate each other. None of these people even care about anything they say, including me. All I ask is when you lay your head on that pillow at night, you know I gave you everything I had. You did. I gave you everything what? <laughs> Which is why I want to. Th- <laughs> what? With all I ask. When you lay your head on that pillow at night, know that I gave you everything I had. Gave you everything. What, do you, what do you think you guys are doing? They really think this is like the Lord's work. I gave you everything I had. Oh, man. I've been in a box the whole time. and didn't even have my fucking bracket. I think, Sean. I mean... you <laughs> Imagine laying your head on a pillow. Oh, I wonder if Shannon gave me everything he had when he was talking about the... Uh, top five power forwards of all time today. You know what he was? He was. When he was debating whether the designated hitter should be universal, he gave me every ounce he had. Thank you for all you have given to me. When I first took this... Oh my God. Dear fucking God. I can't listen to that anymore, but that is just hilarious. What do they fuck? What do these people think this fucking show is? These both all these shows, it's something to do for people with no jobs in the morning, including me. And that's what I'm doing. I'm not saying this out of jealousy. It's just uh, it's just it's just shit's always just hilarious to me. It's hilarious to me how people and then people report on it. people report like on the shit like first take. And you got Chris Russo and who I, I love. These guys are entertainers. He had to take, like, how the 86 Celtics would beat the Nuggets or something. And then J.J. Reddick slammed him the reaction. And then they report on him. That's all these shows want you to do is report on them saying bullshit. That's why they, they just throw anything against the wall and see what sticks. See if can get can go viral moments. J.J. Reddick's another one where they're like, oh, does he, like, he's getting coaching job interviews because of, because of this fucking brainwash, because of these trick because of the tricks going on in the show. All he does is say anything remotely sensible and they think he's a genius compared to these lunatics that just say whatever they want for ratings. Oh man, it's exhausting me. Anyway, I got to, let me, t- <laughs> let me do it. That's enough for the NBA and yeah, for uh, Shannon Sharp and other, uh, just, just know, uh C generates out there. When you lay your bed, when you lay your head in your pillow, that I gave you that mm, like partially everything I got maybe into it a little bit. I, I write some stuff down. So I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit. Just know that. All right, when we come back, I will give out the U.S. Open bombs from Saudi Wood, and uh, we'll get into all that. But first, let me tell you about bird dogs. They make you look good. They're the new shorts for the summer. They got stretch khakis. They got trunks. They got mesh shorts. They got all kinds of things. They're like the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They got anti-sweat technology. They stretch to get you a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They're amazing. Like I say in my ad, you need new shorts for the summer. So you might as well go to Bird Dog Shorts. And you get a free Yeti-style tumbler with a purchase. So go to birddogs.com backslash pool. Enter the promo code pool for a free Yeti tumbler. And you order. That's pretty great. You need new shorts. You need two pairs of shorts. Every guy. You need mesh shorts or basketball short style. So get a new pair of those. You need you need a new pair. Turn them in, get rid of get rid of the old pair. Don't wash them and keep them around. the The string is already worn out. The stretch band round out, and you know how crusty they are. Listen, I don't need to. We don't need to get into what you did in those mess shorts. We know what your shorts did last summer, as Jennifer Love Hewitt would say. Uh, get rid of them. Get the new my shorts and the new cat, and get these new nice khaki shorts. You need a nice brand new khaki shorts to start the summer. To start every summer, because like I said, you go you go out in the summer day, during the weekend, whatever. You go to barbecue, whatever. Next thing you know, that day can get away from you. And Next thing you know, you're out at night, and now you're out in the shorts, and there's no going back. Like, uh oh, guess this is it. I guess it's me and you shorts for the night. So can you handle it? Your sh- these shorts can handle it. They'll get you in that restaurant. They'll get you in that. They won't get you kicked out. You can pull it off. The rest is up to you. Now, if you can handle it, I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> so go go do that, and then uh, like I said, birddogs.com backslash pull and hand yourself out. All right, now we are back to... I don't even know what I'm playing here for some... But let's get into it. Let's get some U.S. Open. There we go. That's kind of a... down time. Anyway. All right, let's do it. I wanted to play some music for it. I don't know what to get into, though. Lawnmower sound? It doesn't make any sense. Um construction sound since we are in Los Angeles and my god we're kind of in Los Angeles we're in Saudiwood so welcome to Saudi the U.S open is in Saudi uh the LA Country Club open the most restricted golf course in the land uh yeah so the U.S open major championship obviously uh, this weekend here in Los Angeles at the LA Country Club They've never hosted it before. They used to. They they used to never host Jews, let alone uh, a major tournament. Minorities forget. It. I think their first black member was in 1991. This is one of those old fashioned, restricted country club. Get the fuck out of here! Golf courses. So you know it's gonna be a tough course. You know they keep it upright. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sad, but it's true. They're very restricted. They are, uh, it's right in, um, it's right in the heart of rich Beverly Hills and all that stuff. The 13th hole, I believe is right, uh, right by the playboy mansion. You can see it. There's gonna be cool. We can see good views. It's gonna be, It's a beautiful course. Um, and they're finally allowing this major on there. So there's not a lot of people that have a huge course history with it, especially with the renovations. Not only were they restricted against Jews and minorities and women, your usual triumvirate of country clubs. But they didn't even allow uh anyone in the entertainment business in that means your man in the box couldn't even get into the LA Country Club Bing Crosby famously bought a house there's a there's a north course and a south course this is going to be playing the north course and there's a land in between of the two of the courses and it's it's the most expensive real estate like in the world almost it's, this patch where this patch of land is a golf golf resorts Bing Crosby bought a house. Like surely they remember? Nope, no way. We can't. We can't risk it. You might know any. You might know some Jews being in the entertainment. Bing, sorry, Bing. There's one guy who's an oil tycoon, but his name was Rosenberg. They didn't even let him in there. Well, I'm not Jewish. Yeah, I know, but that name's too close. So better safe than sorry. Us rich aristocrats. say. You know, you know what we wasps say. <laughs> We say, if you're Jewish, have a nice day, but get the fuck out of our golf course. Anyway, great golf course. So we're going to break down the U.S. Open. Um, it is the Saudi with bombs. There's the best, obviously the story coming into it, the LIV merger. We brought, the, we talked a lot about that last week. There's just, but they keep, there's more to talk about because their comment, they, they, the comments they make, they just keep digging themselves in the holes because they don't know how to they don't know how to answer these questions when reporters come out to them like that. They keep making nine eleven comments, and that has become their nine eleven. Talking about nine eleven has become the PGA's nine eleven. First, it was Patrick Monahan, the commissioner, who's just a disaster. He has now stepped down with a medical <laughs> condition. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take this week off. I got a medical thing. What is it? Ah, we're not going to disclose that. Just trust us. It's a medical thing. Okay. The medical thing is I have to I keep putting my foot in my mouth and I, it's jammed in there. So I want to go ahead and put my head up my ass. So they got bought out by Saudi Arabia as y'all know the story. All the hypocrites they were saying like, "Ah, oh, it's all blood money. They're responsible for 9/11." They should drag out the family victims and I'm like, "Eh, well, they had money and they gave me free gas." So, plus we the PGA promised us that Saudi Arabia, we put it in the contract won't do any more 911s. So we felt very comfortable moving forward with them saying, okay, you, you sure now, right? No more 911s? All right. Let's do it then. Put her there. Put her. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's my thing of my video. I want to um I can't is there anyone making comments here? I wonder if there is any comments. If you are if you're out there I see there's people watching. It, but type a comment though. I think there's something going on. I haven't seen any comments yet. Usually, usually you guys are lighting up the boards. So I don't know. Um. Anyway, point is, <laughs> let me put up. Let me click up the YouTube. I want to get that as a. I want to get that as merch, by the way. And that is um. And that's a T-shirt with the PGA Tour logo, but with the. uh, Saudi Arabia headgear on it, and it says "Yes, sir, yes, sir, <laughs> yes, sir." Being uh, Vern Lundquist called Jack Nichols's birdie at the '86 Masters, when he goes "Yes, sir," and then "Yes, yeah, sir." Of course, the guy who bought out the PGA. Anyway, so they got rid of Mountaehan because he's got a medical condition. So now this new guy, Jimmy Dunn. Who, I guess, orchestrated the deal. His comments have been amazing. I got to pull up that that article. Jimmy Dunn has been amazing. So Jimmy Dunn, he used to go on a thing about, like, uh, he's a businessman. He put together the deal. He said he lost 66 of his colleagues. I got to pull up his comment, too. I'm, I'm just going to have to play it because it's so funny. <laughs> Let me bring it. Let me bring it up. And then he says, so so what about that uh, whole night? Because he, he used to go nuts about the 9-11 thing with with LIV. you know. He was just an asshole about it. Um, and he, sorry, I pulled out my notes. And he goes, well, you know what? I've, t- I've talked to, I've talked with this guy he asked there, and the guys we're talking with, uh, they're not really responsible for 9-11. I'm pretty sure they weren't behind it. Matter of fact, if you bring out the guy who does it, I, I will kill anyone involved in 9-11. No need to wait. What? Yeah, no shit. It's not the guy in front of you. What are you, a child? Explaining Santa Claus? Let me pull up this fucking cop. I mean, good Lord. This is too much. Hold on. I should. Why don't I have this thing queued up to begin with? Because I'm a guy in a box, that's why. Not to pull up my slack and my whole thing. Did I pull up an article. Oh, no, I just left it there. That's why I can't even fucking do it. Just trust me on this. Jimmy Dore goes. The people I'm dealing with had nothing to do with it. If someone can find that someone unequivocally was involved with it, I'll kill them myself. Okay, Jimmy Dore. Jimmy done. Yeah, we'll 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 keep looking for that true killer, like OJ. And bring you the people who, no, the people who did 9 11, yeah, they're dead. We know that. They didn't, no, these guys didn't fly to planes. My God. And listen, I'm not even, like, I'm 1st I'm not even, like, against the whole fucking uh, taking money from Saudi Arabia. I didn't want to say that. Well, the government does I know, but uh, shouldn't we have a little better of a moral conscience than the US government? If you want to set your barometer as U.S. government, sure, then why don't you just fucking kill people? Too? Hey, U.S. government kills people. Why can't I kill people? They take money for oil. Why can't we? But every comment they say is just fucking incredible. Not only, he, not only is he talking about how he would kill people involved in 9-11, just Jimmy Dunn, this American businessman. He's like, I think about it every day. I think about the night that's not changed since that day. I'm going, I'm not in a Lord, I guarantee those family members can me. But also, this is, this is what he says. This is how he goes to bed at night. I'm quite certain. I've had conversations with a lot of very knowledgeable people that the people I'm dealing with had nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. Finally, there's some comments on there. If someone can find that's kids there, I love that. If someone can find that, then we will kill them ourselves. And then he wants to become a peacemaker. I believe we should not run away from our differences. We should get to know each other. <laughs> why do they make it why do they even fucking do these Come Take a medical condition. Basically make it too difficult to extreme vicious immoral aspects of people. You know, sure, people died 20 years ago. I get it. But we let's communicate and we're going to communicate by you giving us a lot of money. Then they, so then he talks about the merger and you know, you know, they're bad when they start getting defensive like this. Oh, welcome to the, to the comment boards and say, so no. And, uh, he goes, <laughs> merger, nothing can be further from the truth. The PJLIV merger. We're doing just fine. We, well, we now we control everything. What? He goes. There's no <laughs> the people that we have in place have too much experience. There's no way on God's green earth we're going to give up control. When they started making things like God's green earth and start talking aggressively like that, And if you say nothing can be further thing from the truth, that's usually that's what the truth is. So they're trying to say that they're just taking billions of dollars from Saudi Arabia. They control everything. What do they get out of it? Well, they get to be a part of it. They get to be a a, a potential investor. If you're so healthy, why did you need this fucking money then? I mean, it's it's just amazing. It's so funny how the PGA for a year cried out. LIV player." people who went to the lift tour, not saying they did it for the money. Just say you did it for the money. Like their children, they need to hear it. And now they did the exact same thing. And they refuse to admit they did it for the money. Now they're saying, no, we just want to open up communications between two, you know, two old rivals. Between airplanes and buildings. Some guys just don't get it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And they didn't want to get rid of uh, the lawsuit to them. It's just so funny. The Live Tour sued the PGA because they were a monopoly, and then they got rid of the lawsuit and they merged, and now they actually became a monopoly. the 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 hypocrisy is too much for me. Anyway, it's just it's amazing. So welcome. So now. The U.S. Open comes to Saudi Wood. It's coming to Saudi Wood. So let's get into the bombs of the actual uh tournament that's gonna have to. Happen. So um there's a lot of narrative that goes along with the uh with this merger. See, when you when you break down, when you handicap golf, not, not lately there's been metrics, obviously. Um Advanced, like, you know, approach to green, all that shit. And they're very good. They don't always tell you what's going to happen. But other than that, the handicapping with golf, at least when it comes to golf writers, the only thing people ever talked about is their mental state. How can they mentally prepare? Are they going through a divorce? Forget it. Fade them. They can't possibly golf with that on their mind. Family has to be right. They're the only sport where they, you have to have the family right. They force it upon you. Tiger Woods, yes, you're the best golfer, but fake a marriage. Cheat on her the entire time. Just so we know you got a family to go home to. So you can sell Cadillacs. So Rory McIlroy, who's been to face, obviously, the PGA, and who hates the lift door and hates the Saudi Arabia, and then when that happened, that devastating merger news happened. They're like, well, there's just no way he can compete. With that on his mind, how could he possibly play golf? Without a, well, he, he did just fine last week in the Canadian Open. He came top 10. He didn't, he didn't have a good Sunday, but he was competing. He had a very good Saturday and all that shit. But now they're saying the same thing with this today. So now you have the live players coming in. You have uh, Brooks Kepka. Let's go down some of the odds here. There's so much, there's so much shit to get into. I want to get into the fun stuff though, too. Um f- I have five long shot bombs and a couple players I want to give in and five matchup bombs for the golf. That's what I'll give it to. Um And then some fun prop bombs. Let's get into that. Insano said bomb the bottom line bomb the southern. <laughs> We're pro Saudi, the Saudi, the Saudi, Sean Green just told me it's become the Saudi golf, the Saudi gambling podcast network. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Let's get into, uh, who's it's a tough course. Obviously there's been video, the rough by the greens impossible. Let's get into some fun props. And then, then at the end, I'll give out, the, I'll give out the actual winner and then a man in the box. And then we got to get out of here. Jesus. We've already been on 46, 46 minutes. People are late to the comments. But the viewers are popping in. All right. My favorite fun prop bet: will there be a hole in one? Yes is minus 175. No is plus 145. That's been coming down. It was at $2, $2.5. Now there's five par threes on this course. But like three of them. Like over two hundred fifty yards. There's one that's like two hundred ninety-five yards. So I'm just going to knock those out for par for hole in ones. I mean, hole in ones you have to be lucky anyway. But when you're hitting woods and you're bla- you have to blast it three hundred yards. Th- first of all, that's v- very unfun. I hate go. I hate par threes that are over two hundred yards. Just two hundred yards is my three hundred yards. And another par 3 they have there is like 80 yards, which pro golfers say they, they hate that even more. They're like, what, what do I even do with this? Throw it? So I want to say no for the hole-in-one. No hole-in-one plus 145. That's a sweat you can do all week. Uh, just because the par 3s, are there's five of them, which isn't is ideal, obviously, because it gives you more chances. Usually there's four. But just the way they're, they're so long and the ones so short, I just don't, I don't know. There's a reason why that line's coming down, so I like that. Um, another one. Will a player be disqualified? No. Minus 1,800. Yes, plus 1,000. You can bet that. I don't know if I want to bet. Will someone be DQ'd? No, someone can be DQ'd. You know what? Let's give it out. Yes, there will. Plus 10. Plus plus 10, 10 to 1. And why do I say to be DQ'd? Not for violent behavior. Not for anyone protesting the Saudi woods. But they can be DQ'd for a, squ- a scorecard violation. And when you're at a country club, this restrictive, that doesn't even allow people in the entertainment business to be members because they might know a Jew. They're going to be very sticklers. There's going to be a bunch of Karens out there. Golf is the ultimate Karen sport. So I think there's a high chance that they're going to find out someone's Jewish and kick him out of this tournament. So we're giving that. Alright. Let's get back to <laughs> Uh, round one high score is 84 and a half is the over under. 64 and a half is the lowest under. Also for the tournament, 85 and a half and 64 and a half. That's I think someone can go low. Someone can go high. That's pretty high. That's like fucking tin cup pie, you know. Or that P, that PGA guy, that amateur who everyone hates now. Um, but there's also the Canadian open champion who had his party. He can, he could shoot a 90 after not giving a fuck, um, but I want to go over 64 and a half round one. I don't think anyone's shooting a 64 tomorrow. That first day people don't know what's going on with this course. They, it's a, it's a rare, rare course where they haven't played it a lot. I mean, they got the practice rounds in, but this is a, it's pretty much of a mystery. So we're going to bomb that over 64 and a half round one. You got to pay some juice, but I like it. So that's three props hole in one player, disqualified round one, high score over or low score over. We're not going to go high score. Um, Another prop last prop. Will there be a playoff? Yes is plus three fifty. No is minus four fifty. Now the U.S. Open, their playoff system is not like the Canadian Open last week, where someone got body slammed as Insano, Captain Insano likes to say. What are the odds if anyone gets to be body slammed there? Which I I know I talked about that before. That's the Adam Hadwin getting body slammed on the on the by the security guard by that linebacker. And I know you have to keep security, but what heckler is coming in with a bottle of champagne? Who? Like, I better take this guy out. He's got. Hey, what'd you do? I got. I bought a five bottle Moe. I brought. I snuck it in, and I wanted to gals uh, the winner with it. Very expensive. But security guard took me out. Uh, but anyway, the U.S. Open playoff, if it happens, is eighteen holes on Monday. That's very anticlimactic. There's no playoff thing. They, they do a fresh 18. I think they, unless, unless they changed the rules. Let me look that up. They might have changed that. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that's how it was growing up. U.S. Open playoff form. I'm pretty sure it's a fresh 18 on Monday. Yeah, they will. Now, they head back to the first and 18th. All eyes on them. the sudden death format playoff holes. They used to play a fresh 18. Am I, am I crazy for thinking this? Now I'm saying it's a two hole aggregate. That's even worse. I I like it, but, and I hate the 18 holes, but that's what I was kind of, of, well, you know what? Now I don't want this bet because my analysis was going to be them having to come back on Monday on Juneteenth. And play around on eight, play around on Juneteenth. And there have been nothing more elitist than that than the LA, a round of golf the, by two whites at the L.A. Country Club on Juneteenth. But uh, now that they changed the format. I, I do remember them changing it. They eliminated the eighteen Okay, here we go. They eliminated it a couple of years ago. No, well, I'm glad I looked it up. Look at that man in the box just spewing nonsense. All right, we'll keep it we'll keep we'll keep those uh props to that then. We'll keep it to props to me. Hole in one? No. Plus 145. Bomb it. Uh round 1 high score. Oh, low score. Over 64 and a half. I'm sorry, low score. Bomb that. And will there be a player disqualified? Yes, 10 to 1. Bomb that one. All right, now let's give out some matchup bombs and uh, who I like to win the tournament. First of all, here's some long shots for you for some long bombs there if you want to do some dart throws, if you will. These are all 40 to 1 or higher. we am going to start out with Bryson DeShambu at 45 to 1. He is, uh, you know, everyone likes Brooks Kepka and as they should as the live golfer because he's been dominating the majors. He just doesn't golf. He's extra cocky, Brooks Kepka. See him at the press conference. I'll see the Travelers next week. Like he's just—he's just a dick. He's that jockey bully, jock jockey. He's a jock bully. This model girlfriend. And he just—he's just a bully. But to Shamebo, he's—you know—he's the nerd. He's always tinkering on the shot. He blows up to three hundred pounds. He doesn't know what he's doing with muscle. And he loses it. Ah, oh, that didn't work. He tries this. You know, he's just a fucking dork, which I like about him. And he's actually playing pretty well. And he's not even doing it by hitting bombs the way he was doing it. He just does it a different way. So 45 to 1, it's not a bad. I, he's the live golfer I'd rather have just for the odds. So we're going to take him 45 to 1. Bomb that. Uh, Fleetwood, 55 to 1. Siwoo Kim, 80 to 1. I love Woo Kim. Let's do that one. Wyndham Clark at 90 to 1. And then the ultimate live villain. 100-1 Patrick Reed Those are five long shot bombs. I'm trying to blow through this because now I'm running out of time And now let's get to those quick uh, matchups uh, Here's the five matchups where I like to play pretty strong. Uh, one is Tyrell Hatton versus Max Homa Hatton minus a stroke and a half for the entire 72 holes is uh, minus 110 regular bet We're going to take Tyrell Hatton bomb that And the reason why is the the narrative with Max Homa, who's not playing well, is that he has the course record at this place. It's 61. He shot it when he's at UCLA or whatever, or Cal Berkeley, wherever the hell he was. And uh, it's his home course. And it's not his home course. And that's just a narrative. It's just a lazy narrative. And Tyrell Hatton's playing great. He almost won the Canadian Open last week. He's in great form. is not. And the only reason why this line is low is because... After the analytics, we we don't know how to handicap golf. Like, well, he he knows the course. Even he he was on a podcast this week. He's like, yeah, I, I played it twelve years ago. It's certainly not the same thing. I, mean, I played it since then, but like that's what I was good at. That's when I set the course record. So we're gonna take that Tyrell Hat. And we're gonna like it, and we're gonna like it. Um, next bomb: Hideki Matsui versus Jason Day. Hideki's minus 125. We're going to bomb that. Jason Day, he won, he won earlier this year and everyone thought he was back, and he's not. He's back to being Jason Day, which is present day Jason Day. Present, present day day. Not good. Hideki Matsui, he is humiliated. He is the biggest loser from this merger other than, you know, the smaller players who didn't take money. Hideki Matsui was offered $750 million to play for the LIV tour. And he turned it down and flew Spirit Airlines back the other day. True story. So in his culture, getting disgraced like that, oh, he's coming back strong for this one. And Jason Day's playing bad. And I like Matsui. I know. He, Matsuyama, not Matsui. Why am I saying Matsui? Because of a Yan- Yankee baseball player. Don't, con- don't confuse my ignorance for racism, please. Just because I'm dumb doesn't mean I'm racist. Matsuyama. I know. <laughs> and Captain Insano, thank you for the correction. I, I, I even caught myself on that one. I usually don't. I usually just run my mouth. But I, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. It's Matsuyama. Matsui, I'm sure someone calls him Matsui on the tour as a nickname. Remember when uh, George Steinbrenner called uh, Hideki Arabu a fat toad? Jesus Christ. We miss owners like that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the Yankee fan. No, I know. It was Matsuyama. He was great. And I love Matsuyama. He's not only a great golfer, he was offered that because he's a god over there. He's a Japanese golfer who won the Masters. only one, only one ever do that. So he's a god in Asian golf. And I always broke down how much Asia loves golf because they just can't believe the land that we waste over here. I mean, Japan's barely the size of New Jersey, and they have like 40 million people there. I don't know if any of those numbers are true, but, you know, the point is, they're always can kind of come over here and they're like, whoa, what's this? That's ah, what we like to do to lounge around. We like to relax on a Saturday. We have two golf courses here. Great. We'd have 13 million people on your back nine if we lived here. Um. So Matsuyama. My swing. And I love his swing. I love how he has that pause in his swing up top. We all need to do some pauses. You see how fast we swing. And uh, I love that matchup. So we have Tyrell Hatton versus Max Homa. Hideki Matsuyama versus Jason Day. Uh, we're going to do Xander. Z- Shadafad. Shadif- I never know. Xander Shafrod versus Victor Hovland. Minus 120. We're going to take Xander. Xander is a top 10, top 20 king in these majors. A lot of people like him to win it. He doesn't win it, but he'll get you there. He'll he'll be there on Sunday. He shows up on Sunday. He likes all four days. Victor Hovland, he I can see him bowing out. He's a little overvalued because he won a couple of weeks ago, and he's in good form. But a lot of parts of his game doesn't do well for this course. Um, this U.S. Open really breaks down golfers. The way they have the way they have the rough. They see these videos, this rough, and like it's just insane. I gotta. Uh, I'll even put your Matt yeah, C. a comment up there. Um, so we're going to blow through that Xander for minus one twenty 120 percent And now the big one, the big matchup, Rory McIlmory versus Brooks Kepka. This, this has been a sharp matchup that everyone's been hammering. Kepka started out as the favorite. Then it swung a little bit. And then there's a lot of steam on Rory. And I like it. It's now like 145 or something with Rory, which is kind of crazy. What happens is Brooks Koepka doesn't play a lot of golf. I mean, he does, but he he fucks around the LAV tour with shorts on. He's got his brother, but he shows up the majors. He shows up. He doesn't need to go. He just, he just balls out. He's a, he's a stud that way. It's kind of annoying. McElroy, in his part, he's sick of answering these questions about this tour and he's not doing any press conferences this week, which is kind of good. For some reason, I, I think the narrative is just overblown. How he can't handle thinking about this merger and also golf, but that's not just it. This course suits up well for Rory McIlroy. You got to be clever with your shots. You can't just bomb. You got to bomb, obviously. That's every course now. There's one par five, it's like six fifty, but and there's a lot of blind shots. So if you miss it, you're going to miss badly. But you can't, like, like, there's a par four. It's like a 300 yard par four. You can drive the green. But if you miss it, you're in real trouble. And McElroy, he's that, you know, he's a Irish gypsy. He's a fellow Irishman. So I got to do He likes to play the clever, the wicked shots. So we're going to do Roy McElroy, minus one and a half, versus Brooks Kepka. Those are four matchup bombs and five long shot bombs. And now we're going to go to two golfers that I like. Uh, To actually win it outright bombs. Uh, We gave out Rory. I'm going to give out Rory again. 16 to one. Bomb it. I think that, I mean, I don't like playing the narrative at all, but how amazing. I mean, this would be the ultimate narrative. Rory McIlroy now hates Saudi Arabian golfers, the LIV tour. And he hates the PGA. And he hates the Monahan and Jimmy Dunn. He, Rory hates everybody. And that's something I can get behind. Like, like Nikola Jokic, he hates America. He hates uh, the culture of worshiping celebrities and athletes. He hates playing basketball. He just likes his horses in Serbia. McIlroy, he hates everything about the PGA now and Saturday. I mean, and that's the isolation you need in golf. That's real isolation. Hatred, not love, not having a loving family that you really hate like Tiger Woods. And that's why you fucking bang a Perkins waitress and run over a fire hydrant. No, McElroy's finally got himself in a headspace where he hates everyone and everyone literally is against him and they're laughing at him. So this would be the ultimate redemption. And at 16 to 1, it's not the worst odds for maybe one of the best golfers in the world. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is the best golfer in the world right now. His odds are way too low at six to one to play. John Rahm, not bad odds at ten to one for what a beast he is. But we're gonna go with Rory McIlroy. You gotta spread it thin. Rory McIlroy and I'll toss in Jordan Spieth at twenty five to one. Double bob. Jordan Spieth playing good and he has not won. He's what we call dude. Uh All right, Jesus Christ, this was a long show. I knew it was gonna be a long show like this. Um, I apologize. I was told when I, first, when I, when I, when I, after the football off season to make this show as a guideline, 45 minutes, we'll do a couple of weeks, 45 minutes. These people don't, cause to them, this is Kramer and green time. They, they, they can't comprehend that A guy in a box would just talk forever. How they, how can you do it? I don't know how I do it. I tell you how I do it. I say things with, uh, not a care in the world if it's right or not. I'm I'm calling Matsuyama Neki Matsui for fuck's sakes. That's bad. But I understand. Anyway, let's get to the box. box. Too much golf to recap. Rewind if you want to hear the recap. But those were five long shots, two outrights, and four uh, matchups. And i about four, three or four, uh, props. My favorite one being no hole in one. Not fun to root for, but anyway. All right. Here we are. We are the man in a box. Po- oh man, I gotta do this quickly. So I'm not going to do the flaming hot Cheetos again. Never hurts to ask. I was going to say never hurts to ask. I do. I want, I want to talk about these Oakland days. That's what I want to talk about. We'll keep it sports related. Usually my man in a box, I go off sports. Matter of fact, if you look at my, uh, if you go to my Instagram, which I hope you follow at CJ Sullivan was taken. Or if you go to my YouTube at CJ Sullivan or Bat bottom line bombs, I, I posted my man in the box video clips. The one I posted today was those dramatic POV videos. Everyone does when they when they put their They talk with their and they do those finger claps. I don't know why they do that. It's like, they're trying to catch flies. Like, and you did this and you did that. And no, I was talking about in line, at Starbucks, whatever. Anyway, um, these Oakland A's are amazing. So, Oakland A's, if you haven't known, they're the worst team in baseball history almost this year. They're on pace to break the 62 Mets' record. And win, l- law, the run differential is terrible. They're trying to move them to Vegas for years. They've been trying to – it's a mutual breakup. No one showed up at all this year. The owners didn't want them there. The owner, fans these, – these Oakland fans, they get shit on nonstop. It's terrible. What happens to them? The, Ra- the Raider, the beloved Raiders, they got jacked to Vegas. Now they're going to Jack the A's to Vegas. They do move the Raiders to LA and back the golden state warriors was theirs the whole time, but then they got good. So they moved them to San Francisco where they couldn't afford to get seats. I feel bad for Oakland. It's a real city with great fans, but they did something uh, awesome that usually doesn't happen anymore in sports where the fans uh, had a voice. So they haven't been showing up lately. And then Vegas, they're they're trying to get this deal done where they're moving into Vegas and go where the Tropicana was and build a stadium there. They're trying to get public funding for it. So it's not finalized yet. And so recently this week, the politicians were like uh, in Vegas, which are stooges for the Oakland A's owner, this piece of shit owner, um, saying, well, Oakland can't support a baseball team. Look at nobody shows up. And then the fans heard this and they're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We can support a baseball team, just not this baseball team. It's been, you know, cheapskates and criminally cheap towards us for fucking ever. They go to playoffs, they just break them up. I mean, you have to watch the movie Moneyball. It explains it all, how cheap of an organization they are. So then their fans were like, well, we'll show. You want us to show up? We'll show up. And they planned a reverse boycott last night where they're like, all right, we'll show up. Instead of not, we're all going to show up and we're going to tell you to fuck off. And it's exactly what they did. So like 30,000 people showed up. To, I mean, this game, this stadium, I usually have like 2,000 people during a game. 30,000 people showed up. Now they've won seven in a row. It's getting like this money ball team, and they showed up, they did this awesome thing in the fifth inning where they were dead silent for the first batter. And then as soon as the first batter was over with, they they orchestrated this, 30,000 people. Then they all started chanting, sell the team, like sell the team. It's, ro- it's rocking, yelling at an owner. I love paying money. Here, you get our money, but you're, we're paying you to say, fuck you. And they were screaming it all game. And then they won because he couldn't believe they had people in the stands. And they now they've won seven in a row. They've basically doing what every baseball movie's plot line is. Every baseball plot line movie, or sports movie in general, really, is the owner hates the team and he wants to move the team. Or she moves the team. And they and they hate their own team for some reason. And so why do they hate their own team that they own? But that's the plot. All right, let's fuck it. The fuck the owner. Because they want to do a class warfare, you know, major league, even any given Sunday. That storyline is always in every sports movie. And then they start winning, and you can't believe it, in spite of the owner. And now uh, they're doing it. Like, fuck it. Let's try that plot line out. We know it's cliche, but it's working. (laughs) And now they've won seven in a row. As Captain Insano said, they've won seven straight. If you did a rollover under, under huge underdogs, because they have 192 run differential, minus 100. If you did a rollover parlay of all seven games, you'd be up $175,000. That means if you put $100 and just parlay, which, which I do love those stats when people, first of all, no one ever does that. No one has no ever done a rollover parlay because then you got to predict the future. So, all right, I'm going to start now and I'm going to join this winning streak what you'd get out now, right? If you're up 175 K or do you roll this over? I say, roll it over. I'm not getting out of it. I'm I mean, I've, 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 seen, I've seen major league. They got a, they got a cardboard cut out of the owner and they're stripping them down part by part and it's working. So that was amazing to see, to see fans actually have a voice. Now, are they still going to leave? Yes. I mean, it means absolutely nothing that that happened, but i I support any issue where you pay an entry fee to tell a billionaire to fuck off. So good for you. Good for you, Oakland Days fans, for finally getting something for the man. That's something to man the, box. Yeah, the man in the box. Get by. And for cliche and sports. See, that's how sports movies. Can save I know, Christmas. I don't know how that goes. Anyway, um, that's gonna do it for today's show. That got long, and I feel like I had to force it all in there. But thank you, Captain Santa, for being in the comments. Make sure to like this video on YouTube and subscribe. Oh, I forgot that I gotta give out my uh my Edge Boost Double Down Play of the Day. Forgot to give that out. Uh, I'm gonna give it out, and that no, my Edge Double Boost Play of the Day is over 64 and a half for the lowest score in first round. Bomb that um, go to sports podcast.com backslash edge sign up today. That's sports podcast.com backslash edge. Like I said, follow me on all the uh, socials. It's it's scrolling down there. Instagram. CJ Sullivan was taken Twitter at CJ Sullivan, underscore, whatever. Uh, subscribe to uh, the blackout diaries. My other podcast I do a Sean Flannery drinking story podcast. Very fun. Um, other than that, what Enjoy the U.S. Open this weekend in Saudi Wood. They're golfing all weekend in Saudi Wood. All right, I'll see you.